the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Speaker scores a goal for Finland, and Finland knocks Russia out of the tournament of hockey. Boy, suddenly, spoiler alert, the hockey trip to gold medal made a change. Oh, wait, I was supposed to say spoiler alert before I said Finland knocks Russia out of the tournament. Okay, okay, sorry about that. Uh, Timu, Mikhail, and, um, the, the, and Beaker. I know you're saying Beaker. Is what he had to say after the Olympics, and he cried. Um, Beaker tied towards them up. It's who knew that he was finished? Who knew? Who knew? Um, weird story today. Ukraine on the brink. 25 dead, hundreds injured. European Union calls for extraordinary emergency ministers' meetings. Say that fast five times. EU extraordinary emergency meetings. Um, minister meetings. See, I even dropped a word there. Uh, so you got a little bit of problems in Europe. Did I mention Finland beat Russia? I don't have a lot of news today. You know why? There's not a lot of news out there today. Yesterday, we were. it was a veritable plethora of news. Yesterday, it was a smorgasbord of news. Yesterday, it was a, a cornucopia of news. Today, housing starts and permits decline sharply in January. Okay, I could work with that. Biggest drop in almost three years. It was it was drowned in harsher weather. Hmm. That harsher weather is the killer. Because what's this data look like when we get better weather? A third month of declines in permits also points to some underlying weakness in the markets. So I was listening to a report this morning, and I know you're going to say no. And I'll say yes. Okay, so ready? Um, America seems to lack enough construction... And home builders? Okay, you do. Now, yes. So we got that going on, and it's going to take a year or two to catch up to meet demand in home builders, which is kind of good and kind of bad because it delays demand or delays supply, but there's pent-up demand. There's a fascinating article on today's Yahoo. I know you're saying this is fascinating. They're showing figure skaters without their makeup on. No. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think that's the one of the best words to change your inflection on, or your inflection and your inflection, as often as possible. So there's a big 
um, expo coming up in the Bay Area. Yes. See, it's fun, right? Um, the SP 500 up one, sitting at 1842. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 46, sitting at 16,176. The NASDAQ sitting down 11 at 4261. Holy mackerel. What is that stock? Um, I see a stock up 30% today. Oh, Chelsea Therapeutics. I don't know why they're up 30% today. Kievan Flames. Huh. Chelsea Therapeutics confirms FDA accelerated approval of something for treatment of NOH. Hyper, hypotension drug. Okay, I, I'm with that. So Chelsea Therapeutics jumped 35% after announced the U.S. FDA accelerated its approval of North Thera for treating symptomatic neurogenic orthostatic hypotension. I kind of want it to be hypertension, not hypotension. The disease, often called NOH, is a rare disorder in which a person suffers from low blood pressure when standing up and can experience dizziness, fatigue, blurry vision, weakness, and head and neck pain. Sounds like me after a six-pack. Okay. So the disease, often called NOH, is a rare disorder in which a person suffers from a low blood pressure when standing up and can experience dizziness, fatigue, blurry vision, weakness, head and neck pain. Sounds like me after a six-pack. Thank you. Thank you. Did I mention Finland knocks out Russia? <laughs> Putin's going to, like, invade Kiev over that. Too soon? Too soon? Probably a little bit too soon. Uh, Kiev is burning today, and now I think I know why. Oh, poor Alex Ovechkin. This one's going to hang on him for a while. SP 500's up three, the Dow's up 71, the NASDAQ down six. Six. That's a fun word, or a fun phonetic play. Anytime you see the word S, just turn it into a snake sound. It comes, thankfully, from the Jungle Book. Trust me, said the snake. Okay, I think I've lost the crowd. I think I have lost the crowd. There's a report out that minimum wage... What's it say? Uh... Hmm. Congressional Budget Office report today release concluded that a gradual increase to $10.10 an hour, which is what President Barack Obama and Congress Democrats are seeking, would increase pay for more than 16.5 million Americans. It would also lift 900,000 people over the federal poverty threshold. Um, hmm. What's the negative on that? Oh, 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 oh. So, oh. It would also cost half a million jobs by 2016, so says the CBO. See, That's not even funny. I know, Brock. Work with me here. I don't think there's any right answers. What's your thoughts? True that. That's right. There's no right answers. He said it couldn't have been said better than the President of the United States saying, you know, you help some people out of poverty, but at the same time, you're probably putting some people into poverty. Washington's made things worse. Yeah, Washington's make things worse. I'm kind of, I'm not a libertarian because I don't want that title around me because let's just say uh, two two names put together, Lyndon LaRouche, and um, I think he ran for the President of the United States while serving time in jail for the libertarians, which we could use that as a nation to be the only nation ever to appoint a prisoner, um, as I'm sure some other countries done it. I'm a maybe I'd get rid of it. Maybe Kiev. 
Um, oh, Tesla's going to report earnings tonight. Whew, sweet. I got saved by a real news story. Did I mention Finland? Who wants me to spoil the American game? Who wants me to spoil the American game? Chewy, are you watching the American hockey game today? There you go. There you go. Um, so Tesla's going to report numbers later this afternoon, evening. Candy Crush is breaking their IPO public with the King IPO. Um, can Candy Crush bring an end to civilization? That's what a lot of people are actually asking at this point in time. Um, it turns out that you know the ancient Egyptians actually played Candy Crush. If you look at the um, hieroglyphics of you know 3500 BC, the Great Pyramid of Giza, Gaza, Giza, Gaza, Giza, Gaza, Giza. I always get them confused in my head. Um, it was loaded with Candy Crush and, and the games where you draw down fruit and such. So they're coming public. I know you're saying, Shekel 901, is he having a stroke? Maybe. Intel's leading the markets lower today. Here's some of my thoughts about Intel. Um, come out with a chip that does something really awesome and we'll talk about you. It kind of seems like the i3, the i5, the i7, third generation, second generation, fourth generation. It's really not a good selling point. So housing starts and producer prices out there. There's not a lot of data. And there's a lot of cold weather. Thus, the data we're getting, we're not really trusting. Learn more about me at robblack.com. Robblack.com. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Taking a look at this crash. Stocks continue to trade little changed from Bloomberg. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. In the day when I was a wee lad, I was one of those children who stole the Lucky Charms from the rabbit. I was a wee lad, and there was a product called Tylenol that someone was poisoning. People were taking Tylenol to cure a headache, and they were dying. Maybe one person died, maybe a hundred people died. I don't remember. I just remember it was a major attack on a major brand from my childhood. To this day, I pop Tylenol. Whenever I pop things, one of them is Tylenol. So Nestle, N-E-S-T-L-E, Nestle makes the very best chocolate, has voluntarily recalled two of its Hot Pocket products as part of a larger meat recall. There's no waiter coming up to you. Well, let's see. Today's specials, we have a sea bass, which is flambéed, and we have a hot pocket, which is cooked in a dirty microwave. That comes with a side of Metamucil. Is, is the hot pocket cold in the middle? It's frozen. 
I'll have the hot pocket. So the Philly steak and cheese do not eat. The croissant crust Philly steak and cheese do not eat. All I will tell you is if you do, it's going to be a very, very, very loose day. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Did I mention Tesla's reporting numbers today? That, that's Nestle, publicly traded, branded product. Do you think the uh, Hot Pockets are going to go away? Uh-uh. S, and again, every restaurant should have Hot Pockets. S&P 500 up four, the Dow's up 82, the NASDAQ down six. Welcome in. CFP Chad Burton. He is the Ayatollah of rock and roll when it comes to financial planning. How are you, Mr. Burton? Good, thanks. <laughs> the Ayatollah, I like that one. Yeah, I don't think I made that up. I think I stole that from somebody. With that said, uh, let's talk a little 401k f- fees because companies seem to differ like golden clay. Some 401ks are ideal. Some 401ks are costly, and they've got a horrible product in them. Yeah. So what do we need to know in the world of 401k and 401k fees? Well, first of all, if you're an employer and you know you started your business, you had some employees, they wanted a 401k plan, so you started it, and a lot of times they started it with an insurance company. And the internal fees in these things are often around 2% to get the, the, everything covered. And usually either you directly or your employees are paying for it right out of the account. And they're not going to lower the fees to the next fee schedule level unless you ask. Now, recent laws have said that you know, as a, as a 401k program is an offering, they're going to have to send out a very clear statement on what the 401k fees are. So this is going to become a bigger issue in 2012 and 13, where people are going to realize the costs of their 401k. So, you know, once you have a good amount of assets in the plan, you're able to shop it. You're able to go to the Vanguards, the T Row prices, the, you know, get low, no load funds and even ETFs into the 401k plan to get the fees down for your employees. I think there's a law with uh, the teachers 457s and 403s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a law that if they ask for a provider, it legally has to be given to them. So, if, for instance, in their district they don't have Fidelity, they could raise their voice and say, I'd like to use Fidelity that provider has to be made accessible to them, which is kind of cool. You know, the, the, it's kind of a backfire on what's going on in the 403B market because I used to be able to, you know, take a, somebody's 403B and roll it over into another 403B so I can manage it at the custodian right. that I use, which is TD Ameritrade. But that's almost impossible right now. So hopefully that changes. Um, people, you know, a lot of teachers get stuck with what they're in. When we started off as a young company, you know, you, you basically put your 401k assets with almost anyone, like you said. Yeah. Um, but a little bit later in life, as your company starts to mature, you have the power, and not necessarily they have the power. Early on, it does feel like you have to go with whatever anyone's willing to provide for you. Yeah, and it's a much more competitive market now, so a lot of companies, uh, you know, whether it's your ADP, your paychecks, or whatever, have 401ks that are pretty much a just huge array of no-load funds that you can use, and almost nearly a flat fee or a per-participant fee to do it versus super high management fees inside the account. So shop around. New Focus Financially has a 401k plan. Do you have any annual maintenance fees? We, we have a per-participant fee and then the annual fee to file the 5500 through through the payroll company. What happens, and I was just trying to set a standard of uh, you know what people can expect out there because mm-hmm. obviously New Focus Financial is going to be on top of their 401k trying to take care of their employees. Uh, what if you work for a company that has a bad, like high annual fees or a housing fee or a trading fee or mutual fund fees? Uh, what's your, your mode of, you know, I, I, I get people that email me and they say, I just hate my 401k options. They're too expensive. So you've got to get two to three or four people together and you've got to send emails to the HR department. 
that's part of HR's job is to make sure that the employee benefits are run correctly. And part of the prudent man rule to make sure people are educated. If you're going to offer a 401k too as a business, you've got to educate people, um, including yourselves on what funds are good and bad inside the program. Well, I work at Crown, and I can tell you that, and you know, from talking to the teachers, I can tell you the HR departments they're not very smart. Yeah. You know, the HR departments care more about sexual harassment versus educating people on investment options. Uh, and I'm the financial guy at a TV station, and then I see you know just these amazing just salespeople from. Just horrible companies come in, and uh, they bring pizza, and they're like, you should sign up for our funds, and their funds are the high-load funds, and HR doesn't know what they're, they're getting these people in doing. Yeah, and at least, you know, now, if you're 55 or older, and you have a 401k plan with a large amount, and you don't like it, most plans allow you to do what's called an in-service rollover, where you can roll over into an IRA, a self-managed IRA, um, at least a minimum of your contributions. Okay. So if you're really unhappy or you want some day-to-day help with managing your funds, you can call up a, uh, your 800 number on your statement and say, am I eligible for an in-service rollover to an IRA? Okay. That way you can either manage it yourself or hire a money manager to, to do it for you. That's something you sometimes recommend where people want to work with a financial planner like yourself and all their assets are in their 401k. You say, are you X amount of age and can you do an in-service rollover because it's a way for you uh, to help them outside of their own 401k plan. Yeah, and, and a lot of it, too, has to do with uh, most of the time it's because we're looking at the 401k choices that they have, and the bond choices are awful. Okay. And this is the hardest area to manage right now, and where a lot of risk lies in the next couple of years is interest rates will likely creep up after the uh, quantitative easing process is over. Anything else that we need to know? Uh, you know, just on your 401ks, too, it's something that you have to manage one of two ways by either rebalancing it through an automatic rebalancer or make sure you change where your contributions are going to rebalance your portfolio. I don't always keep my eye on my 401k. I kind of like let it accumulate. But there's a button that auto rebalance. Yeah, you can auto rebalance every one once a year, twice a year, every quarter. Okay. And mathematically, that just um, it's taking a look that you have too much small caps and it's saying let's buy some large cap because they've underperformed. It's just yeah, it's, okay. it causes you to 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 sell high and buy low. There you go. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Who feels bad for Russia? Knocked out of the Olympic Games at the NHL in men's hockey this morning. Cue that laugh. Who feels bad for Russia being knocked out of the Olympics this morning in men's hockey? 800-516-1220, 800-516-1220, not going to get it. 800-516-1220, there we go. Big event coming up in Pleasanton, a retirement planning event. You can learn more on um, bond alternatives at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. AM 12. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Apple just announced it's hosting its iTunes Festival for the first time at South by Southwest. They're also going to stream the shows live via iTunes Store onto your iOS devices. Um, So it gives you a chance to win 
Joy Coldplay and Imagine Dragons and Pitbull and Keith Urban and Zed. Zed. All five nights of the iTunes Festival will be available to enjoy for free as a live on-demand stream on your iPhone, iTunes, iPad, iPod, Mac, PC. Um, you'll also be able to stream it onto your Apple TV in stunning HD. What's interesting to note about that is I think that may have to be the way that Apple goes for now. The Comcast announcement that they're merging with Time Warner, it kind of kills the idea of a subscription service. Now, it kind of kills the idea that they can innovate something. They have to go the subscription service route like a Hulu at this point in time and or streaming a festival. So short-term TV has to be put on the back burner. It's not quite that simple, but it's pretty close to that simple. Um, Zale, I know you're saying Zale. Shares of Zale skyrocketed 40% this morning. Signet soared 15%. Turns out Signet has purchased their rival Zale. They're getting less than one quarter of one-tenth of a cubic zirconium. And uh, they're paying a premium for it. So two big jewelry companies are merging. And both of them are getting a premium, which is fascinating. Why? It tells you that buying a cubic zirconium, I, uh, whoops, a diamond, buying, buying <laughs> costume jewelry is such a waste of money. Um, oh, you have a diamond on your hand. Ooh, aren't you precious? Um, so... Listen to this. The reason that they're doing so well today, and I'm making this up as I go along, the reason that they're doing so well today is that basically they now dominate the come in and buy cheap jewelry at an exorbitant price market. So a lot like fast food, that whole business is all about how much success you have at owning the location and the brand. So... Signet not only owns Zale, but Peoples and Gordon's Drawers. They also own Kay, Jared, H. Samuel, and Ernest Jones. The retail reach now is over 3,500 locations between the United States and the U.K. So it gives them a little bit more of an international footprint in which to sell their, their kind of nice costume drawery, is a nice way of saying that, A. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Any woman who wants to take the cubic zirconium challenge with me, let me know. Um, the SP 500 up six, the Dow up 91, the Nasdaq up uno. Let's welcome in Tony Mendez. Tony Mendez is a mortgage lender. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Tony, fixing your credit. That's something we've all been there. Gotten into a late payment. I have one in the last five years. And my story is kind of goofy. It was a mortgage payment that Mm -hmm. I sent in the payment. They didn't cash the check. Uh Uh-oh. Then they notify me, and they say, okay, now that you're almost late, send it to this P.O. box. And I thought I did. I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, and that's the worst one to pay late is the mortgage, especially if you're looking at other kind of uh, real estate transactions, because it really hangs on there for quite a while, no matter what your credit score is. It dinged my credit? Yeah. Uh, Credit score has the biggest effect on your uh, rate 
in almost any product that you're going to get, whether it's a credit card, a car loan, or a mortgage. The mortgage, obviously, is going to be the largest expense because you're going to pay that over 30 years, and it can really add up. The difference between a 640 score and a 740 score on a, a traditional type of, of loan is about 1%. On a $400,000 loan, that's $200 a month more that you're spending because you have a lower credit score. So the first thing I would do is get a copy of your credit report. You can go to annualcreditreport.com, or you can go to your creditor. Let's say you're doing a, a transaction of some sort. Hopefully, they'll be able to show you the, the, the credit report. Check for accuracy. Make sure that everything's on there. And if there's some things that you can fix that are easy, try to do it on your own or use that creditor. If they're a lot more difficult, then you can try using some of these invasive credit card companies and they, uh, credit repair companies, and they can range in price from $85 a month to a one-time $2,000, $3,000 fee, depending on how bad it is and how um, what's the necessity of, of how quickly you need it. So What's ironic or what's odd about a credit score is you have to use credit and maintain credit to have a good credit right. score. Right. There's a lot of misconceptions about how to keep your credit good yeah. and how to improve your credit. I, for instance, grew up as a young man thinking, if I have no credit card debt, they'll love me because I pay off my credit card, where mm-hmm. a credit card company wants you to carry a balance because that's how they make money. And it's also how the, it's part of their algorithms that they use to calculate your actual credit. You have to use your credit cards. The best way to do on a credit card, for example, is to have a balance below um, 30% of the limit. So if you have a limit of 10000 you want to keep it below 3000 But you want to keep using it. You, you definitely want to, don't want to pay it off every month. Your credit score will be lower than somebody who actually has 10 credit cards they pay on time and keep their balances low. Another way to keep your credit uh, clean is, is keep, keep accounts open and don't close them. But definitely make sure you manage them and they don't get stolen. And, and, and that brings up another point, too. You also want to keep... You want to keep them An open. eye on your account. Well, before we go there, keeping your credit lines open mm-hmm. ages the account, the well, average years that you've had credit. So if you, you open up a lot of new credit cards, mm-hmm. you're, you've only had credit maybe from five years will go down to one year because you just opened right. five new credit cards. So Correct. All, all those years of, of paying on time just got watered down because you opened up too many new credit cards. Yeah, there's, there's several factors that will affect your credit, um, your lower balances, uh, accuracy, collections, time, new accounts. Uh, th- there's three bureaus. There's Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. And add a .com at the end of each one of those, and you can go and get your own credit report. You can also d- do disputes. This is when you want to do your fixing your credit on your own. You can do a dispute through that agency or that bureau. Um, or you can use your creditor to do what they call rapid rescores. If you need a really quick transaction and there's something easy, maybe it was a, a mistake on your credit report, you can show up a bill and say, I did really pay this, and you can do a rapid rescore. And sometimes there's a big difference. Like if you're doing a rental property and you're buying an investment property, there's minimum scores you need to meet if you have a certain down payment. And some people need to do these types of rapid rescores. So getting in front of your credit is important. We talked about monitoring your credit. There's some good tools that you use. For instance? Credit Karma is one. Credit Karma? That's an app on a phone? It's an, it's an app, but what it, it, it may not be the most effective tool to managing your, your credit, but it gets you involved. It's, it tells you that you, all your accounts that are on there, what your balances are, and it also alerts you if, this, if new, new entries come up, new inquiries, and, and new credit. So it's a way that people get involved, and I think that everyone should be involved in their credit because it has such an impact in the, in the financial industry. Good idea. And one last final thought that I want to throw out there is, to improve your credit score, go out and get a 
credit. You know, go put $1,000 on your credit card and start paying it off slowly. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but if you really, really, really want to improve your credit, that's one way of doing it. Show that you could pay on time. We've been talking with Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Don't forget the stupid person taxes due on Saturday. The stupid person taxes the Powerball jackpot is going to hit $400 million, sixth largest in U.S. lottery history. It is very likely to go higher in the future as big numbers attract big eyeballs. Hold off on the beachfront property if you ultimately do win. Let me say this. If you do win, come do a dance around me and laugh at me and mock me. I invite you to both radio and television in my personal home. It's the stupid person tax. I will have a stupid person do a dance at my home for said whatever you win. Um, but you're not going to win. Odds of winning are 1 in 175 million. Um, you're not going to win. Don't do it. Unless you're stupid. And when you do it, just say out loud, I'm kind of stupid. Um, I appreciate you because you're paying taxes into the United States that are you're helping raising funds for schools and other projects. Thank you so much for being a stupid person. Cha-ching, here's your tax bill. It is ultimately $1 or $2. I don't even know what it costs to play the Powerball at this point in time because I ain't stupid. I'm with stupid, but I ain't stupid. Young Americans who want to work can't find jobs. Interesting story out there. I know you're saying, how interesting. Unemployment among among 16 to 19-year-olds stands at more than three times the rate for all workers. Just one in three teens in the U.S. worked or looked for a job in January. That's a record low since 1948. That lack of an on-job experience hurts them later in life. I highly suggest and endorse and encourage you to try to get out there and um, get your kids jobs whether it be babysitting at a sporting club or something along those lines. It teaches them skills with a cash register. It teaches them skills uh, with other workers. I know. With unemployment as high as it is, you're seeing adults take what used to be teenage jobs, and then they complain that they can't get a living wage. Teenagers are more so focusing on getting into college, which I appreciate and I do understand. Um, I understand a parent's dilemma there, right? Uh, do you want your kid focusing on grades, or do you want your kid focusing on after-school activities, or do you want your kid focusing on flipping burgers? It's a shame that we can't have all of them. Um, if you do win the Powerball jackpot, make sure that you set up your heirs for um, inheriting it, because you won't possibly be able to spend that in your lifetime. So get a trust. This is Rob Black and Your Money. Speaking of trust, you're going to be speaking in Pleasanton, not this Thursday, but the following Thursday talking about wealth preservation, going to be talking about income and retirement in Pleasanton. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
So basically everything that I know about Russia, I learned from Rocky IV, the character of Ivan Drago. He said things, fantastic things like, I win for me, for me. You see, you see, he's not a machine. He's a man, he's a man. He's not a human, he's like a piece of iron. I must break you. And my favorite. No, no. You will lose. Everything I learned about Rush, I learned from Ivan Drago. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> I defeat all man. Soon I defeat real champion. My name is Drago. I'm a fighter from the Suet Unit. I fight all my life. I never lose. Soon I fight Rocky Balboa, and the world will see his defeat. Soon the world will know my name. I must break you. So with that, I say, the Russians are the biggest jerks on the planet when it comes to reporting the news. Russian television is reporting during the Sochi broadcast. The American team came rolling out during the opening ceremony. And part of the opening ceremony was a skier who had hurt her knee during um, a trial run. So she was using crutches. And the broadcaster said in Russian, Hello to future contestants of the Paralympics. There's something about hating Russia, right? Um, that's why I love Olympic hockey. It's not a battle of laundry. It's an all-star game of nations. If you don't get a chance to watch Olympic hockey, it's truly, I think, the best sport there is as you get down to the Final Four. Because it's the best from a nation. It's not from the the Sharks. I represent the San Jose Sharks, but I grew up in other parts of the world. I represent Phoenix Dogs. I recommend... I I represent the, the Stars of Dallas, where the stars are so bright. So Russia eliminated from the Sochi Olympic Hockey Tournament a stunning loss to Finland. Kind of wish one of our broadcasters would give a commentary on that. It's good to see. So, Russia, you're out of the Olympics in men's hockey. Vladimir Putin, you're free to go about and invade Kiev. I give you that. Now I give my audience something special. I've got three giveaways for Monster Jam going on this Saturday, February 22nd in Oakland Coliseum in Oakland. Who doesn't love a monster truck pull where you get to see... You're going to get annihilated. You're going to see wheels, 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 wheels. You're going to see big trucks. You're going to see small trucks. You're going to see trucks running over other trucks. You're going to see trucks that turn into dinosaurs. So I have three giveaways. Um, We can give them all away right now. We can give them away over time. We can give them away today. If you're interested, um, give me a call, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. And join me in Basque that Russia lost to Finland, which is just a massive embarrassment in sizes of countries, in sizes of um, hockey programs. Anyhow, 800-516-1220. If you want to go to the Monster Jam this Saturday, February 22, Oakland Coliseum, which is happens to be in Oakland. Um, yeah, yeah. You'll be on the edge of your chair. Trust me. I don't know how 
I might have been drugged by Drago and taken to a monster truck jam pool in my life. I Somehow, I, I maybe it was a previous life. They're so crazy noisy. And they're kind of fun. Um, and the tickets are, did I mention F-R-E-E? So, okay, so you didn't take your honey to Mexico for Valentine's Day. So you didn't get her a box of chocolates. So you didn't get her a gold necklace. Here's your chance to really up the wow factor. Free tickets to a monster truck jam this Saturday, February 22 at Oakland Coliseum. Come on, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Some advice when filling out your tax forms. Don't write off your um, home office at a million dollars. Don't say that you gave charitable gifts of one million dollars. Um, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I do recommend um, doing your taxes as a married couple and as a married couple filing separately. Just see what the differences are. Uh, see if there's a pertinent and or not. And again, hats off to Timu Solani, Mikhail Gradlin, and uh, Beaker from the Muppets. Uh, they all scored goals today on Russia, knocking them out of the tournament. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. After joining CBS, Tony Gonzalez has no plans to play again. So out goes Cocaine Dan Marino. Um, that was his college nickname. Um, back when he went to Pitt, and Todd Blackledge went to Penn State, and they were in-state rivals. And one was known for lots of cocaine, and one was not. Just throwing it out there. It's all speculative rumor, by the way, because I certainly wasn't in the room. But Tony Gonzalez comes into CBS, and he's going to be part of the pregame show. I don't know Tony Gonzalez from I'll Fly on the Wall. I just don't care about honor, honoring and cherishing the, the lords of the football field. Um, but out goes a couple jobs. Shannon Sharp gone, as are Dan Reno. Again, how's your job? Have you saved enough for retirement, yes or no? That's something you got to focus in on. Hey, if you want free tickets to the Monster Jam this weekend, February 22, Oakland Coliseum, seriously, take a first date there. <laughs> Good chance there will be a second date, if you know what I mean. All women are impressed by the power that is a monster truck. Okay, don't quote me on that. I, I, I don't know anything about dating. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Big event coming up in Pleasanton. Meet me and CFP Chad Burton talking retirement and bond income alternatives. Sign up at robblack.com. A couple Thursdays from now. If you need an attorney, go to hoobercrapelka.com. The second annual KDOW Business and Money Your Business Grow. To see how you can be... The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 
1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I always like a good chant. Hey, hey, ho, ho. Rob Black has got to go. Yes, people stand outside my work and pick at me to try to get me out of a job. I'm totally good with it. With that said, I want to congratulate Steve, Ken, and Henry for all getting tickets. We're going to mail them to you to the Big Monster Truck Jam going on this Saturday, February 22nd. Oakland Coliseum in Oakland. Um, should be fun. And again, if you've never taken a date to a Monster Truck Jam poll, you should. Or if nothing else, if you want to be a god, if you want to be that powerful, take your six-year-old. Spend some time with your child this weekend. And if I can dig up more tickets, I'll dig up more tickets. Anything that I can do to help you seriously empower a youth to make you look good, I'm in. Um, Okay, so maybe it's not my form of entertainment. Like this weekend, I'm going to be watching the Olympics. Uh, But I watch the Olympics differently than you do. I'm a bit of a homer. I'm gleeful when other countries fail and the United States wins. I'm a little upset these Olympics aren't in crowd-pleasing forums, that we don't get a lot of that drunken U.S. American uh, chanting USA belligerently with a flag draped around his body, which, for the record, I find is sacrilegious or, or just wrong on so many levels. Um, I think flags are meant to be flown and not worn. If that makes any sense. Um, Winter Olympians, they're overlooked. I look at them in an interesting way. I see Gracie Gold, figure skater. Um, How great would it be if she wins a gold medal? Um, In her team performance earlier last week, she way outskated the Russian, and the Russian got the better score. Um, And that's the cool thing about the Olympics is you do get that USA, USA. I look at TJ Oshie, and people go, Hockey is fantastic. When he did the shootout against Russia, the first three are random players, not random players, but they're just all different players. And then he took four in a row against four in a row for the Russians. He he carried the whole country on his back. So he's going to be on a Wheaties box, right? How about Sage Kotzenberg? Uh, they're all... All of them in true American form are going to negotiate rich endorsement contracts. I remember very fondly, 1980, sitting with my brother David and creating that, that, that moment with a brother. We were sitting at his then-to-be, soon-to-be fiancé's house, um, the Roberts, and watching the 1980s Olympics. And it was fantastic. The Americans won gold. Lake Placid had it won in many, many, many years, ever since the sport was competitive. You know, we won back in 1960 when it was kind of like fat old white guys playing hockey and not necessarily athletes. But I remember that bond, and those are the best memories in the world. So uh, try to enjoy a little bit of the Olympics. Trust me, this week, from here on out, it gets good. You get the figure skating, you get the uh, women's hockey, you get the men's hockey. And if you can't inspire a little girl from watching the uh, Canadian women go against American women, shame on you. Big brands like Nike, Visa, Procter & Gamble, 
are going to do very, very, very well. Um, Under Armour, for sure. I like both Under Armour and I like Nike. This is one of those cases where it's like the double mint twins when you're 14 years old and you're like, she's hot. No, no, she's hot. They're both hot. I like Nike for a different reason than I like Under Armour, but I like them both. Also, I like Visa. Pretty much so. There's not an index that does this, but anyone who sponsors the Olympics, I kind of like. I'm not going to say that across the, 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 the slate. I'm going to say it and, and stand by it, though. If you've got that kind of money to market a brand and not necessarily a product, like when you see the bobsleds come down the ice and they've got a Visa logo or a BMW logo, um, I get it. I get it. So please, this weekend, take some time off. And uh, empower a kid in your life. Cousin, uncle, uh, relationship's good. Father, daughter, mother, daughter. Watch the women's hockey gold medal today or tomorrow. Watch the men go for the gold. And then watch the men's figure and women's figure skating. Trust me, create a moment. Um, Now, what's kind of interesting, remember I was talking about Kotzenberg? Kotzenberg, Sage Kotzenberg. He won gold medal. um, Snowboarder. His endorsement deal will be a little bit different than like a TJ Yoshi or Gracie Gold. His endorsement deal will like be with GoPro or Monster Beverage. And I'm starting to get sick of the GoPro videos. I saw a GoPro video. They put a GoPro camera on a curling weight. And that's enough. That's about enough. I, I, I don't need any more. Um, how much is a gold medal worth? A lot more in sponsorship deals than an actual weight of gold. Did you know that we're giving away 98 gold medals this year? Not we, the Russians, of which they spent a ridiculous $50 billion. And we're going to see videos and pictures of the Sochi villages and hotels two to four years from now, just completely empty and dilapidated. And we'll say, wow, that $50 billion could have gone to feeding a lot of the world, but it didn't. The gold medal actually weighs less than a plastic bottle. That's how little gold is in it. It's not much. I know, you're saying, uh, Rob, I work out by lifting plastic bottles. No, you don't. So, if you were to melt it down, it would be, it's 530 grams, right? So, it would be roughly $548. That's not much. Some countries actually reward their Olympians by giving them cash money, cold cash money, which there's really nothing better than cash money. One of the reasons that, like, uh, some industries is is the the tax pluses of cash money. But if you're from Kazakhstan, like Borat, if Borat wins a gold medal, he will get $250,000 cash. If a man from Latvia, also known as Latvian, which I don't understand. A lot. He's from Latvia, Latvian. So how does Lot become Lat? I don't know. He gets under 92,000. Italy, one of the more developed countries in the world, $191,000 if you get a gold medal. I find interesting on the list, Australia, $126,000. Now, again, you think Australia, you don't think winter, right? You don't think, you think desert, you don't think snow. So it could be good for tourism, I mean, it could be good for their extreme games. I went to Whistler a couple years ago, and um, what's fascinating about going to Whistler is the international community of snow skiers, as teachers, 
as people that will help you with your skis. Literally, um, the slopes or the villages or the hotels, they basically make their employees wear flags um, from what country they're from. It strikes up conversation, but it really shows you're like, oh, you're from Japan, you ski? Hmm, interesting. So enjoy the Olympics. Enjoy NBC's coverage of the Olympics. Um, and that's about all I have on the Olympics. I got nothing else. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Oh, I got one more thing for the, the Olympics. The Russian hockey team got eliminated, and I couldn't be more pleased. Just wish it would have come in the hands of the United States. 800-516-1220. Do not play the Russian anthem again. It makes me look like a communist. Tesla. Speaking of famous Russians, they're going to report their earnings day after the market closes. They're going to have some profits. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Taking another look at our accident in Los Alpes. S&P 500 approaches a record. Good day to you. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So there's two stories today that truly shows me how stupid Americans are. The first one comes to us from Altria Group, maker of Marlboro Man cigarettes. That's easy for my marble mouth to say. So, get in your head the story of a big cigarette company. They've got big plans for electronic cigarettes. I know what you're saying. That's already funny. A company that sells cigarettes is selling electronic cigarettes? That's right. Electronic cigarettes passed $1 billion annually last year. Can you imagine Americans spent over $1 billion on electronic cigarettes last year? I don't know if I want to cry, if I want to get into the fetal position. Um, and and tell mom I'm coming back. Like I I, I can't do this anymore. I, this world isn't for me. I I need to. I can't do this. Americans bought one billion dollars of electronic cigarettes last year. Two point seven percent of all Americans have tried e-cigarettes. It is a battery-powered device, which who in their right mind would put a a battery in their mouth. It heats a liquid nicotine solution, which creates vapor that users inhale. Okay, so that's why you invest in companies like Altria and Philip Morris. The world's filled with stupid people. And all you got to do is like look up Yahoo stupid news of the day. There's always something going on. Next story that tells me America is stupid. Americans are going to flock to Powerball jackpot tonight. It's considered the stupid person tax, you've got a 1 in 175 million chance of winning. Same chances of having lightning strike you twice right now this very second. It ain't going to happen. So you already lost. And yet, I'll go to a convenience store today, and I'll buy some e-cigarettes, and I'll laugh at people buying Powerball tickets. For the record, I've never sucked on an e-cigarette. I save all my sucking for... Wait for it. Wait for it. 
hot pockets. Nestle, re- Nestle recalls the Philly cheesesteak, hot pockets. Recalling two types of Philly cheese and Philly steak cheeks pockets, hot pockets. They contain meat that has already been recalled. I don't even want to know what is in the meat. Don't even want to know. So it's the croissant crust Philly steak and cheese in the two-pack box that you really have to watch out for. Now, then again, Americans are obese. If you want to lose a little weight, maybe try that Hot Pocket Philly cheesesteak one. See what that meat contains and see if it doesn't, uh, how shall we say, uh, loosen your plumbing. Did I mention Russia? Did I mention Russia lost in hockey today? That's got to kill Putin. Putin is my favorite world leader. As far as, like, I don't know, photos where he's trying to look like a man. He just, he reminds me of Steven Seagal, where, like, we've moved on past this. But, oh, no, oh, no. If if he could be cast riding a horse without his shirt on, go Google it. Putin riding horse. There's photos of him riding a horse without his shirt on, which, trust me, once you hit the age of 30 and you're riding a horse, keep your shirt on. I don't care what you got under there. Keep your shirt on. Act like you've been there before. Keep your shirt on. Take a look at the market numbers today. We've got the SP 500 up three, the Dow up 58, the NASDAQ down one. Oh, welcome in CFP Chad Burton. I'm Rob Black. Uh, Chad, you're a financial planner. People can find you at newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. In, in my book, I wrote a chapter called Home Equity Loans are for Losers. And the reason I did that was I wanted to point out that home equity loans are basically a line of credit. And you can actually get into trouble with them with, with where you put that money, why you're spending that money. I want to talk a little bit about this because I, I think it's, although not a popular trend today, it is something that people view incorrectly. The home is not a piggy bank. Yeah, and we'll cycle through a trend like that again sometime in the future. You know, we went through a debt bubble. It'll take 10 years, but people forget about it and it'll probably happen again. Um, it's it's one of those things where, first of all, most banks aren't willing to do this anymore. Right. Or they cancel the line of credits that are out there. Right. And so if you set it up, it's really for an, uh, an extension of your emergency reserve. So let's say you're in an industry that there's a lot of turnover. So tech sales, for example, a lot of people that are in sales in the tech industry, they jump from company to company, and three or four years later, they end up at the same company again. It's kind of like who's the hot shot for the year. So those type of people, rather than having six months' worth of emergency reserves, they need to have more like a year's worth of emergency reserves, but that's tough to get to for a lot of families. And when you're trying to get enough into your 401k to max the match, you've got kids, you've got you know, other issues that you're dealing with, to, to accumulate that much cash is tough. So I, I would look at it as an emergency reserve um, extension and only use it for an emergency. And again, you and I differ at times because like, I don't like home equity lines at all. Um, you borrow basically and hope a, a meteor doesn't hit your house. And sometimes meteors hit your house. You take out $50,000 and you know, there's an interest on it. Mm-hmm. So you have to you know, outperform that interest. Otherwise, you know, uh, it starts working against you pretty quickly. You assume no other crisis hits. Like you just brought up like it's emergency money for some people, but sometimes emergencies hit back to back to back. And now you have nowhere left to go, and suddenly your home is being foreclosed on. So I'm not a big fan of home equity lines. I think we were taught by our parents, like, hey, tap the house when you need money. You know, get a, a refi, get a second mortgage, a third mortgage, things along those lines. Those rules, I don't think they apply today. I think they should be um, really frowned upon and, and feared. Yeah, it's, it's you know, first it was tap the home equity line of credit to to buy tech stocks. You know, remember that? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> so that just nailed a lot of people. And then it was turned around and tap the equity line to put more into your home, which then 
fell in value. The only time I like people to take equity out of their home is if they're going to go use it to make another real estate investment, okay. you know, where they can take enough money out to put 30% down on another property, have enough positive cash flow to pay both loans. Then that way it's, it's, it's a good overall deal if that family is prepared to do it, meaning you're maxing out your 401ks, you've got years worth of income saved up on the sideline in addition to your emergency reserves so you can deal with vacancies. The ugliest, one of the ugliest financial scams that I've seen out there is when people pull home equity out of their house to buy either stocks from somebody or an annuity or a life insurance product. That is one of the worst scams and the most heavily sold issues out there. And I mean, there's videos all over YouTube about it. Which is interesting that you bring that up because in our industry, we can't use the word scam unless it truly is a scam. I mean, it's something that can get you sued, but a lot of people are being sold, you know, an Amazon bestseller. And it's not a bestseller. It's a guy who does a vanity press of his own book and calls it a bestseller because mm-hmm. it's tough to check those kind of things. Right. And some of them even get on, on, on PBS. And they're telling people to take money out of their home to put into a life insurance product. And it's a, you know, a win-win. Like, I hate that. It drives me nuts. My, my problem with home equity lines of credit is people buying cars. Buying stuff that they really shouldn't have bought right. because they're they're like, ooh, I got eighty thousand from the house, and I'm gonna go buy an eighty thousand dollar car when the lifestyle doesn't really make sense for buying an eighty thousand dollar car. Yeah, they use a an, a loan that has a variable interest rate to go out and buy depreciating assets, so you're compounding your your stupidity. I'm with you. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com, or find him at newfocusfinancial.com. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone and give me a call. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Hey, if you don't like my performance today, tell me. I'm always up for criticism. If you love my performance today, tell me. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Big event coming up in Pleasanton a couple Thursdays from now. You can learn more about the event for retirement and income in retirement at robblack.com. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. A little bit of better news in Los Altos in this Bay Area up in Bronx. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Not sure why, but this song always makes me think about leaving my harp in Sam Clam's disco. Something about my childhood joke sticking with me doesn't go away. Joining me now, Dr. Jeff Rosen, ChiefEconomistBriefing.com. Anything from your childhood that sticks with you, and it doesn't have to be cute like mine. It could be (laughs) tied towards your first moment where you realized you are going to become an economist. The first moment I no that 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 uh, the first moment I wanted to be an economist, I told myself I was never going to take an econ class in my life. So, I think that uh, that was my my first thoughts on econ. <laughs> Why do they refer to it as the dismal science? Because uh, there's no such thing as a free lunch. That in the end, you know, everybody dies. It's just got a lot of you know negativity in the long run. So people just relate it back to as the dismal science. Okay. What are you seeing right now in the U.S. economy? 
weakness, and it's the same thing I've been seeing, you know, since the end of the quarter. I, you know, came out saying that I didn't like the trends that uh, we saw in the second and, and, or sorry, the third and the fourth quarter. I didn't think those trends were going to carry over into the first, and uh, so far it seems to be right. Uh, you know, everyone wants to blame it on something. Like, you know, right now the weather is is the uh, the the boogeyman that's causing all the problems. But uh, in reality, I mean, just the underlying trends in the economy are not strong. So seeing a pullback in the first quarter, you know, makes sense. With pullbacks, don't they kind of sometimes just happen and we shouldn't make too much of them? Or is this one that you think, again, tells the story of a weak economy for the prolonged period? Uh, it's difficult to tell. I mean, what we've been seeing over the last few years is that, you know, you have a strong second half of the year, and then you have a weak, you know, first half of the next year. So, you know, I don't want to say, you know, this is what we're going to have for the next four quarters, but, you know, what we're seeing is a, is a cyclical pattern where, you know, the numbers are coming in the first quarter and probably in the beginning of the second quarter are going to look fairly weak, and then you get some notable pickup, and I don't know if that's due to poor seasonal adjustments, you know, and that could be, you know, stemming from, uh, you know, the Great Recession having, uh, causing problems in the way you, you calculate those seasonal adjustments, but we're seeing these cyclical movements, these seasonal movements, and it's making, uh, you know, the trends all screwy. Today we saw housing starts come out, and again, the polar vortex is to blame, um, housing starts and permits declined sharply in January. It probably doesn't mean that housing's dead, but it certainly ties into the weaker economy theory, weaker economy story. Uh, what did you see the housing start numbers today, Dr. Rosen? Um, I didn't think the weather was as much of a factor, at least in the underlying details, as you know the headline analysts wanted to make it out to be. I mean. Realistically, you saw a huge drop in starts in the Midwest, and living in Chicago, that made sense. I mean, we had extreme cold temperatures for almost the entire month of January. So I can understand why there was no uh, groundbreaking at that point. But you had, you know, winter weather in the Northeast, and you saw, you know, a 70% or 60% increase in starts in the Northeast. So obviously it didn't affect that. In the South, you had uh, a huge drop in starts, you know, the you had some winter weather, but it wasn't like, you know, constant, you know, freezing where you couldn't break ground like you had in the Midwest and the South. I mean, you had, a, you know, a couple of days with ice storms, but realistically that shouldn't have blown out uh, the starts number there. And then out West you had weakness. And, you know, again, you guys are seeing droughts. I don't see how, um, you know, drought conditions would prevent you from, from building. You know, to me that seems to be more of economic weakness. So when you take it all together, you know, we had 880,000 starts, which just happened to be the average that we had from, um, I believe, April through October in 2013. So substitute out those last two months of really strong uh, starts numbers that we had in November and December, the numbers that made everybody go, wow, everything is getting better and, and is one of the catalysts for uh, you know, the increase in growth trends in, in predictions for 2014, you know, excluding that, we're right at the average. So you can make the argument that, you know, we had, you know, a shock in the Northeast that offset the shock in the Midwest, and realistically the, the starts number fell back into its long-term historical trend. Anything else that you're looking at in the economy? Um, manufacturing numbers came out today. Anything there that tells a story? 
Um, I, I don't really look at survey numbers. We really didn't have any good um, new hard data. I mean, the industrial production data that came out last week was, was weak, and one of my concerns we saw was uh, more blame on the weather. And yet, if you, you dig into the details again, you get some, you know, scary, you know, looking data. You, you, the auto assembly's number was extremely weak, and I don't see how. Uh, cold weather in in Michigan, let's say, is going to make car manufacturers stop production. But if you look at inventory levels, you had massive inventory gains over the last couple months, you know, and the sales just haven't been there to support those inventories. So it was natural to see a reduction in uh, motor vehicle assemblies that you would relate to a business decision as opposed to you know weather-related you know, shock. So, you know, everything we're seeing, you know, you're getting a blame of weather, but it, you know, if I look at it closely, I, I don't see the weather being that much of a factor. Can we blame Putin? <laughs> we could blame lots of things. Uh, you could blame everything. I mean, realistically, it's the cyclical trend that we've been seeing, or the seasonal trends, I should probably say. You know, we get a good second half followed by a slow first half, and I, and I don't see that changing, and I don't see any of the data coming in suggesting that's changing. I saw an interesting article this morning on teenagers and how they're spurning working at school, or they're, they're, they're not working, they're taking college seriously. Um, and it kind of made me a little bit sad, because I, I remember working, doing dishes, doing I, I did everything as a teenager. Um, but that's also where I learned to love, that's where I learned work skills, that's where I learned be on time. Um, any commentary on the three times as high unemployment rate for teenagers versus what you and I were at when we were younger? I mean, it makes sense because, you know, people want to hire someone that's going to take the job for, you know, at least a little bit longer time period, you know, especially those first-time jobs or those menial jobs that teenagers typically uh, typically filled, you know, retail and food service and stuff. So if you're going to hire someone, you know, that may be there a little bit longer, which teenagers generally don't, don't take for a long period of time, you, you would take that. So you have... Plus the fact that you know a lot of the older uh, people that don't have jobs that are willing to take those jobs, you know, have more experience or, or you know could work a little bit better or have more productivity than a typical teenager. So the the teenager is the one that gets left out, and that, that makes sense. And you know, typically during a recession, you see uh, teenage unemployment go up, and you typically see a big drop in the labor force participation rate in teenagers as they do go to school because the uh, you know the trade-off of of the wages that you would have lost for going to school is um, is lower because there's higher risk of unemployment. So all those trends make sense, and, and it's a you know a specific and, and theoretical good reason why uh, the teenage unemployment rate is where it is, and, and why the uh, participation rate's falling, and you're seeing more people go to college. I love that earlier in this segment you said you don't really pay attention to surveys. It kind of gave you that economist snob angle. I'm speaking with Dr. Jeff Rosen, uh, ChiefEconomistBriefing.com. Last couple minutes, anything that you need us to pay attention to that you see out there that's economically relevant? Uh, BLS came out with their new PPI report today. Uh, they completely changed the methodology and the design of the report. So the PPI numbers are more closely related to what businesses, not just manufacturing businesses, but all businesses are seeing in terms of price changes, which is quite interesting. I think that they said that uh, about 75% of the um, 
of all production, and that includes service production, government production, um, trade production, and whatnot, is now incorporated in this PPI index. So I'm, as a wonk, uh, I'm liking to go through all this and see how it relates to what the BEA puts out in their GDP reports, how do their, um, their price indices match up with this new BLS price index, and, and see how it, it affects um, or how it correlates to consumption trends and whatnot. We have about a minute. You brought up PPI. Tell our listeners why we should care about PPI. What is it, and what does it mean? Well, I would have told you last week not to care about PPI at all. It's, okay. it's a producer price index, and the majority of the, consum- the consumption is not uh, at domestically produced goods. So it didn't have much of a correlation with consumption trends. But with this new index, you know, we're, it's supposed to be more closely tied to CPI, and you're seeing that if you if you graph it out, the energy spike shocks that you would normally throw the PPI into a uh, a tiswad, you, you don't get that anymore. It's much more muted. The trends are much closer to consumption. So if you're looking to see how consumption is a few days, sometimes before the CPI is released, this this report will uh, hopefully provide a little bit better, you know, or more adequate uh, representation of that. Thanks very much. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen, ChiefEconomistBriefing.com. Seriously, I could listen to him talk for at least five more minutes, if not 15 more minutes. The economy, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the economy, <clears throat> it's, it's a weird science that it's not quite science. There's a bit of an art to it. The f- translation into the stock market, I think, is important to note. Um, it's not the easiest thing for most people to parallel and put together a story out of. You know, sometimes you see weak jobs numbers, and it's a good thing for the stock market. Sometimes you see strong jobs numbers, and it's a good thing for the stock market. And sometimes the total reverse is true on both. So you always got to get it in some sort of context and some sort of texture. I think Dr. Jeff Rosen does a nice job of doing that for us. We've got an event coming up in Pleasanton a couple Thursdays from now. It is an income and retirement event. You can learn more about it at robblack.com. Stocks are higher. S&P 500 index. AM 1220, KDOW. Russia lost Finland 3-1 in the quarterfinals of the Sochi Men's Hockey Tournament. They will not medal for the third straight Olympics. They took an early and raucous lead, one nothing, and then Finland quickly answered. It's a huge embarrassment for a nation. Makes me want to chant, little USA, little USA. Um, it kind of goes back to the 1980s Reagan uh, angle with the Russians. There we go. So do yourself a favor and watch a little hockey today. And uh, let's hope the men's team can do their job. Watch a little Canadian hockey. It's just as good. It's tough for me to say that out loud, but it's true. Highly recommend um, the drama, especially when you see grown men put the weight of the country on their back and then ruin it for the whole country. Seriously. The games are ruined in Sochi. They may just go ahead and cancel them. Putin's going to invade Kiev. He's got other things to do now that the hockey team has gone down. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. 
S&P 500 is up three. The Dow is up 57. The Nasdaq down one. Um, always have something going on. Got a big event coming up two Thursdays from now. It is in Pleasanton, which I really don't like going to because it's so far away from home and it's the long evening. But here's your chance. If you live in Pleasanton or work in the Pleasanton area, come by from 6.30 to 9. And I will school you and educate you as best I can. CFP Chad Burton will school you and educate you as best he can. We are very different beasts. I come from the school. Uh, let's look at the economy. Let's look for trends. Look, look, let's look for stories. Tesla's going to report a great story tonight. Will it be enough to hold the stock up? It's trading probably 100 points too high right now. But, this is a big but, eh, maybe they say something along the lines of, um, maybe they, they sneak it out there and say something like, oh, by the way, did you know? And like, what, 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 what? We have a brand new battery factory in Minnesota. You're like, woo, battery factory. Oh, that's not that great. But you still deal with it, you know? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. We'll see. Um, if you get a chance to listen to the conference call, do. I highly recommend it. Um, and what I mean by that, I think you'll learn a little something uh, on how stocks and analysts work together. There was a release out of U.S. News and World Reports. By the way, they once referred to me as one of the top financial podcasts in America. Woo! I showed that to my mom, and my mom's kind of got senility issues, and she's like, oh, that's nice. U.S. News and World Reports has released its list of 100 best jobs in 2014. Number 1,000 on the list, working in radio. Number one on the list, software development. Interesting, right? That's higher than a doctor. The work is meaningful, touching every aspect of our lives. It pays well. It's in demand in all parts of the country. It doesn't require a lot of grad school to get started. Software developers, software developers. And like, for instance, I know this guy who works in, he basically does hospital software for the heart implants for the semiconductors that go on in your hearts. Kind of unique. Very highly compensated. Software developers get paid an on average $90,000 a year. Top 10% earn more than $138,000 per year. There will be 140,000 brand new software development jobs created before 2022. So, mama, don't let your kids grow up to be Radio producers? Radio uh, AM DJs? That's better. Teach them a little software coding. I've got a friend who does software coding, and uh, let's just put it this way. I would slip him money to teach me software coding. A computer systems analyst can earn $83,000 on average. Demand will increase. It will skyrocket. So number one on the list, software developer. Number two, computer systems analyst. Number three on the list, future jobs. It's a dentist. Their job's getting more techie. Their job, and again, I talked to my dentist, and like some of it makes sense, some of it doesn't make sense. $200 for a cavity makes sense. $600,000 because you lose a tooth doesn't make sense. 
And that's the, the, the range. So that's how they can get highly compensated. Nurse practitioner comes in number four on the list. Number five on the list, pharmacist. So as far as the best jobs in the United States, um, I'm kind of feeling sad today. I want to wrap things up by saying that. China cuts their treasury holdings the most since 2011 amidst the taper. The nation paired its position in U.S. government bonds by $47.8 billion, or down 3.6%. A lot of people were freaked out about that. Yields on the 10-year treasury, something I have not mentioned today, something I should mention today, are intriguing. They rose all the way up to 3% in December, but have since then cooled back down to 2.7%. Housing starts plunged. Someone's got to bet that Tesla will fall 75%. Whew. Those are some cojones. I guess it doesn't have to come all the way down to make that put investment worth it. This is Options Expiration Week. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Don't forget, i got a big event coming up in Pleasanton. A couple Thursdays from now, you can learn more about it. Income and Retirement at robblack.com. Tune in to CFP Chad Burton's new focus on wealth today from 1 to 2. The views and opinions expressed by three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.